And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. Athletic Insights is a resource for youth sports organizations, coaches, parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in, in behind the scenes of elite athletics. We're joined uh, today here by our guest, uh, current offensive coordinator of the St. Mary's Huskies. Tommy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Zach. I appreciate it. And how are you uh, staying busy during COVID-19? I'm doing my best. It's uh, I'll tell you this, a lot of time spent on the computer, a lot of home workouts, a lot of push-ups, and uh, just keeping myself occupied the best I can. Perfect. Well, you're certainly setting the right message to your uh, to your players and, and young recruits all over the nation. Yeah. Um, That's it. So, Tommy, why don't you just take a minute here to go over your youth sports background and, and just introduce yourself. Uh, definitely. So, um, I grew up in a small town, um, started playing football here at a young age. Um, you know, basketball was my first love as a, as a young athlete. And then um, started playing football at 10 years old. Played there uh, in Halton Hills here for almost my entire career until I, I went off to university. Um, went to University of Carleton in 2013 with their rebirth, um, which was an exciting experience to be part of a program that was brand new. Um, played my four years there. Um, unfortunately, dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of ups and downs, but uh, that's part of the youth sports experience for any athlete. Um, during my time there, I started coaching a little bit in the community, uh, coaching with the Ottawa Sooners, a few different, uh, the CAFA programs, guest coaching, um, a few all-star games, things like that in the city. And then, uh, right after my playing time at Carleton, I, I went over to University of Waterloo for training camp and was, was lucky enough to, uh, stick on board. So I joined the, uh, the Waterloo Warriors in the 2017 season. Um, spent the last three years there, and then uh, recently, about a month ago, I was lucky enough to uh, land an offensive coordinator job with the St. Mary's University Huskies, and uh, currently there right now. Absolutely, and do you want to just talk a, b- a little bit about, um, so for everybody listening at home, Tommy's 25 years old, right? Correct, yeah. So, so you've got to be the youngest offensive coordinator in the country by by far so do you have a chip on your shoulder or how are you approaching that <laughs> approaching it's that definitely uh something i've thought about a little bit it's um you know it adds its own its own bit of pressure but at the end of the day you know i believe um you know i, I this is something i've wanted to do for a long time and i'm working towards for a long time and i feel i feel extremely prepared for it i i know that uh, there's things that I, i'm gonna have to learn and grow with and that's part of any process with any new job but um i wouldn't necessarily say it's a chip on the shoulder but it's it's, it's something i'm extremely proud of um, it's something that I know I've wanted for a long time to be able to hold a title like that and, um, you know, kind of set a tone and example that, you know, age isn't everything. Uh, mm-hmm. At a younger age, you can still be knowledgeable, be wise. If you're willing to put the work in and, and learn what you need to learn to get to where you want to be, um, you know, taking taking larger risks is something I've done for, you know, my whole life and I continue, I plan to continue to do. So I think it's exactly that, you know, it, it comes with a little bit more, a little more eyes, a little more pressure, a little more question marks around you, but uh, there's nothing better than, than proving people wrong when they when they doubt you. Absolutely, eh? if if any uh, if any other de- schools or defenses are going to underestimate you, then that's their fault. But um, it also a little bit. You started coaching pretty young. You want to just touch base on how you got into coaching? Definitely. Um, so I actually started coaching uh, at around 15 years old while I was still playing here in Halton. Is when I first started. Um, it actually unfortunately started when I when I tore my ACL for the first time. Um, so I tore my ACL while I was playing summer football, uh, and at the time it was the OVFL, I believe. Um, so I tore my ACL, and unfortunately my season was done. And I, you know, I knew I still wanted to be around football. Um, you know, it's been a huge part of my life forever. So I started coaching with the, the house league program that Halton ran here, 
and that's where I kind of started to fall in love with with coaching. Um, I knew it's what I wanted to do post my playing days. You know, I was still living the dream of, of going to play in the CFL or the NFL and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, I started coaching there. I knew I loved it. I knew I, I had a, a natural inkling for it. So um, I started there. And then during my time, like we said, at Carleton, I, I really started to take it more seriously because more injuries started to roll. I knew that, you know, my, my dream of wanting to go to the CFL uh, was starting to get out of reach because of my body. Um, so I took coaching a lot more seriously, got a lot more involved and, and, you know, it's, it's a very rewarding, rewarding job for, for multiple reasons. It's a platform, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to help people. I want to see young athletes grow, attain their goals, reach their dreams. And, um, coaching is a, is a passion of mine. Football is a passion of mine and it's a fantastic platform to help and see people grow. I couldn't agree more. I got into coaching um, when I was 19. I did two years of offensive coordinator just in uh, the BYFA, the Brockville Youth Football Association. Yep. And then I did um, head coaching from, from there on out. So I think I, I volunteered in for the BYFA for six years. Um, awesome. But yeah, so, but for the young athletes at home listening, like if coaching is something you want to do, just get into it now. Whether you're 15 and you're helping with a, a, a team with 10, 11 year olds, or you're 20 and you're working with a team of 17, 18 year olds. Exactly. Just look for the opportunity because the uh, the coaching jobs in Canada are few and far between, which which makes it even more impressive that you've been able to uh, to lock up one before your 26th birthday. So good on you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's one of those things that you know coaching also makes you a better player. You see things from a different perspective, and it, it opens up your knowledge and your understanding of the game on a different level. You can learn things from your players, and you you can learn things from yourself as you teach your players. So. Even if you are still an athlete, like you said, I definitely recommend getting involved with it. It, mm-hmm. it gives back to your community, but it also makes you a better athlete, a better football player, a basketball player, whatever your sport is. 100%. And especially with football. So how I kind of viewed it when I was coaching, I would take a couple steps behind the uh, the running back in the backfield, and it was essentially just watching film, just watching mm-hmm. film all day and, and, and correcting and critiquing, and, and that definitely gave me an edge when I returned to football. So. I think that was yeah, good point, Tommy. And let's, let's just uh, so let's go over your recruiting process now. When did you start getting attention from um, Canadian universities? Who was recruiting you, and, and what led you to choosing uh, Carleton University? So um, I was lucky. I started getting recruited pretty young. I had attended a uh, super elite football camp in my grade ten year, the summer going into my grade ten year, um, and there was a few university coaches that were there coaching the camp. Um, the offensive line coach at the time that was there was with the University of Toronto. He um, was the first guy to recruit me. I guess he, he liked, you know, I was a big boy at a young age. So, um, you know, played pretty well at the camp. He decided, started to show some interest. Um, and then from there, it just kind of, it kind of blew up. It, um, you know, it put together a highlight tape. He kind of told me, hey, get your tape together, send it our way. So I started filming all my games, uh, even some practices, critiquing my own film, sitting in front of my, my screen every night after practice, watching my own, my own film on myself. And, um, yeah, once I started sending the tape out, it, uh, it kind of blew up by the time I was done in high school. Um, you know, from the CFC rankings, I was, I was ranked the number three player coming out of the country, um, with a few, few different options, uh, as to where to go. Some, some smaller school offers down South as well, but, uh, the opportunity at Carleton to, to start something brand new was, was exciting to me. It was, um, it was a risk because there was a ton of talent. It was a top recruiting class across the board. Uh, one of the best that I think U Sports has ever seen. One hundred percent. Kudos to the coaches. Yeah, kudos to the coaches there. They did a fantastic job in that first year of, of prepping and recruiting. But um, the opportunity to start something brand new to say that you know I was one of 
90 guys on uh, August 13th, 2013 to start a brand new program was, was something exciting. And that I feel is going to sit with me and, and my brothers that I played with forever. It was, it was an exciting opportunity to, to be part of something different and, uh, you know, that hopefully set a foundation for success for the future. 100%. And I had, uh, I've had Tanner DeYoung and Jesse Mills on and, and, and yep. Jesse said some, some pretty similar things about, um, the opportunity that was there. So for you, when you came in, what did training camp look like in your first year? How many O-line came in and, and how did you guys kind of deal with that, uh, competitiveness while also trying to like form a bond? Yeah. And that's, uh, that first year, that training camp was tough. We, um, we had a first week by, so we actually extended training camp for an extra week. And, uh, you know, all of us were freshmen. There were six guys on the roster at the time that had some uh, U-sport experience, and uh, whether they had transferred or, or whatever it was. And um, so we were all freshmen, you know, a bunch of 17, 18, some 19-year-old guys looking at coaches wide-eyed with uh, three weeks of training camp and blazing hot heat. If you talk to any guys that were, were part of that 2013 training camp, that was the toughest we ever dealt with. It's... Um, you know, we averaged around 30 degrees. We were doing uh, power practices or two-a-days. We would swap a day-to-day plus plus workouts, um, you know, meetings that none of us really were, were prepped for at our high schools. We didn't really know, you know, what, what a university training camp would look like. So um, it was definitely challenging. You know, we had, I think I think at the time we had 15 O-linemen. Um, I believe we had 15 or 16 O-linemen, all absolutely talented. You know, we, we were we were lucky. You know, we could have gone to our 11th or 12th offensive lineman and we still would have had a, a high-caliber player on the field. So the competition was always high, but as a group, um, you know, I can only really speak for the offensive line group, but as a group, we were we were very, very close. You know, as, um, as competition got hotter and hotter and, and, you know, guys were competing, guys were beating guys out, vice versa. Roles were switching all the time, who the starter was, who the backup was. You know, 6, 7, and 8 were always competing at... Uh, as a team, we actually got a lot closer because of it, because it was a it was a healthy comp- competitive atmosphere. It wasn't mm. guys getting on each other or, or you know, talking bad to one another. It was all about picking each other up, challenging each other. You know, if you weren't pushing yourself, if you weren't being competitive, you were called out for that. There was no such thing as too much competition. And that's the so way think, it should be for sure. Mm-hmm, agreed. It, it creates a, an atmosphere for success. You know, by the time we all were in our senior years, we had played together for four years or five years at that point, and. It was one of those things that, um, you know, we, we did this together. We, we went through the ups and the downs, the battles of it, and battling with each other and opponents across from us every day. So it was um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I can speak a little bit to the other side of that where um, when I was at Bishop's, there was definitely competition, but it wasn't competition to the point that the dress roster was, was uh, making adjustments very often. And um, mm-hmm. in my last two years there, I almost never felt – any pressure in practice and that can be a good way to practice sometimes relax but it's not necessarily the best way to turn a program around because Bishop yep, was, exactly. was struggling so there's definitely two sides to that coin and um the way Carlton has has been running their program it seems that they've got momentum and they're they're getting um their records going up and down here and there but the the program is getting more reputable uh year by year I I, I find Definitely. I, I agree with that. I think, uh, again, you know, I have, I have a pride for that program, knowing that I was one of the guys that helped kind of lay the foundation. That was something that a lot of us spoke about, especially in our senior year. You know, we had high expectation in, in that 2016 season in my fourth year. And, um, you know, we wanted to win it all, obviously, like any, any team does. And unfortunately, we fell short. But one thing we were extremely proud of is the culture that we set and the, the tone that we set for the future. You know, there's, there's high hopes for the program. 
for sure. One hundred percent. Ten years, they have a Vanier. I'd put. Uh, I believe it. I'd put some money on that. But anyways, um, one of the things that you've talked to me about before, and just you think you've mentioned it today, but um, why don't you just go over your injuries for us and how you kind of mentally approached the um, the result via rehab? Definitely. Um, unfortunately, injuries were a pretty regular thing for me. Um, my knees, like I said, I tore my ACL for the first time at 15, and unfortunately, I had two more after that. Um, during my university career, my second year uh, at Carleton, I had, I had torn my ACL and broke my tibia bone. So uh, three days into training camp, so my second season was was done from day three of training camp, um, which was extremely a, a very very tough battle. Um, you know, I was lucky. Coach Coach Samara had approached me right after that injury and um, you know given me an opportunity. He said, uh, you know, you got I got two options here for you. Option A, you you hang up your cleats, um, you call it, your body's been through it, and you come join the staff as an assistant. At the time, I was 18 years old, um, you know, and he knew I wanted to coach, and I was still coaching the community, so it was something I wanted to do, or he said, you know, option B, um, you take the next 10 months, you, you train like crazy, um, you try to get your body right, you get healthy, you come back and compete next year. No promises whether you play, no promises whether you dress, no promises whether you stay on the roster, but... Uh, you know, your future's in your hands. I want to give you both both options. So, um, you know, the competitive guy in me decided that I wanted to I wanted to rehab and come back from it. So I took the next 10 months and truly, truly trained very, very hard and was able to turn my body around. But the battle that you face um, with injury, it's, it's more mental than it is physical, I believe. It's in your mind. Definitely. It's a, it's a huge part of it. But, you know, what I learned, I was lucky as weird as it sounds, I was lucky to deal with an injury at a young age at 15 before my university career because I knew what the rehab looked like. So I was prepped for that. I was prepped for the, the physical the physical portion of it. Um, the mental portion was the, the biggest difference at the university level compared to high school. I knew at high school I was going to come back and start. You know, as cocky as that may sound, it's the reality at the time. The high, I was from a small town. You know, we had 25 players on the team, so everybody had to see the field. Mm-hmm. Same for um, me. Same for me. That's not cocky. Yep. That's just truth. Yep. And, uh, you know, at the university level, you don't know what's what's going to come of it. You know, did I make the right choice? Should I maybe join the staff? Is, is my body really ready to do this? Should I just, you know, what, what are my knees going to be like in 20 years? Um, but if you love something enough, I think the battles that you face uh, during the rehab, during that time, you can teach yourself how to push past those what if questions. Um, which help you so much more in the future of life when you're when you get into business when you are looking to make those large investments buying a home buying a car whatever it is um, you know starting a brand new business those what if questions you learn to you learn to work past and injury is something that can teach you a lot about that how to mentally control your your what ifs or the the fears that you have I, I would say that's probably the largest lesson I took from all of it no, that makes a lot of sense. What advice would you um, give to your 15-year-old self there during your, your first ACL? Because I know that's one, um, when young athletes hear that, they tear their ACL, that's one where um, a lot of people will rehab, but they won't come back to that sport. Maybe they'll, yep. I know, uh, for example, a, a female who rode for Cornell, her name is Victoria from Brockville. She, um, she was actually pursuing D1 basketball, but because of her multiple ACL tears, she had to do an inline sport, so something linear. So she, she switched to rowing. But what advice would you have given yourself there um, back when you were 15, knowing you wanted to come back to, this, to the same sport? Um, number one, I probably would have said get off the couch. <laughs> stop, uh, stop feeling bad for yourself. Stop playing video games and get back to what you really, really want. You know, it took me, I would say I was... It probably took me about six months to really take my rehab seriously, you know, until I got to the point where I was sitting on the couch and I was struggling to do a push-up was like, 
all right, you gotta, you gotta get back to this. You know, you're being recruited. You're going to lose your opportunity. You know, my, like I said, my dream was to, to play at the next level and I didn't really take it seriously. Um, until, like I said, I, I got on the ground one day and I tried to do a push up and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what am I doing here? You know, I'm, I'm, I, I have offers and I'm talking to schools weekly still and I've, I've got people that believe in me, but I'm not believing in myself. So I think the, the biggest thing I would is, is learn to believe in yourself, be confident in what you can do in your rehab and your ability to come back from any, any failure. Um, you know, I was, like I said, it took me about six months to realize it, but I wish it, it was something I, I learned two days after my surgery. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that just comes down to one thing that I always preach is motivation isn't the key to success because motivation comes in waves. Like an athlete will be yep. super motivated, maybe post injury or training camp or week one, but you can't rely on that because it's not there every day. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. So that's uh, you gotta one. Find your why, right? Find your <laughs> internal why. That was the big thing. What What do I want out of this, and why do I want it? When I was able to to realize that is kind of what made me take that next step and, and buy back into my rehab. Yeah, that's something I'm going to be harping on, uh, Mister Delorme, over the next yep. couple months is is getting finding ways to stay, um, in shape essentially without losing a motivation completely. Um, yep, because he's a guy I think that. We'll see it. With this, with this whole uh, Corona stuff going on, and people locked up in their house, you know, which which guys really want it? Who really loves what they're doing? Who, who's who's hungry for it? Who's really driven internally? Well, it, know, really, it, re- it really weeded out my guys. You know, I had yep. X amount of people I was working with in person, and now I have you know X minus N amount of people that I'm doing online with, and that's been really eye opening for me. Not only who's continued, but who who's doing their workouts every day and communicate with me every, every day. And, and you know Evan accordingly, and he's the person yep. that I've been most impressed with throughout this entire, um, this entire process. So, um, but let's get back on track here. The next thing I had for you is obviously you've switched to, um, you switched to a next stage of your life, which is uh, coaching. And it's something that I, I see you doing for a very long time at a very high level. So I appreciate um, that. with the perspective shift, would you – would you have approached your time as a player different now that you see um, the other side of it? Or would you have done things the same? What advice would you pass on um, with the perspective shift uh, uh, from a yep. player to a coach? I think, um, you know, this is something I've thought about quite a bit. As, as a player, I was always a very analytical player. You know, I was always the coach on the field. And, um, you know, it actually, it actually crippled me as a player. Um, thinking too much so you know one thing i always say to the players now is you know let, let the coaches do the thinking you do the playing you know the players play coaches do the thinking so um you know what what i with the change of perspective now um what i probably would have said is just just do what you do play your sport you're your own best coach it's it's my it's my job as a coach to give you tools i give you tools to become the best player you can it's your job to choose what those tools are and, and utilize them or not Mm-hmm. so um i think you know the change of perspective it it really i would have just i think taken a deep breath and just got back to getting my hands in somebody's chest and burying them in the ground instead of thinking about where my foot placement is and where my helmet placement is and you know that comes from reps and you got to trust that naturally you're going to start to do that from repping it so much mm-hmm. um instead of thinking about it pre-snap so uh I, w- I would say that probably my biggest thing is you know i've seen players who you know paralysis by analysis i was definitely one of those guys mm-hmm. um you know, and I wish now I could have I could have seen that. You know, I, I learned it now as a coach because I see other players going through it. 
So absolutely it's something that I wish I understood at the time as a player. You know, mm-hmm. okay, get get past this mental barrier of thinking. Just do what you're here for a reason. You know, you you were a mauler and play like that instead of trying to be this analytical thinker all the time. <laughs> well, that's kind of how. I- what I've been saying, what I say is your first year for most people, obviously your situation at Carleton was, was different, but for most first years going into established programs, your first year is learning how to be coached by your positional coach and your head coach and your OC or what your DC. So getting into your film and making mistakes, that's the time to overanalyze because year yep. two, three, four, five, you have to be autonomous and not think about it and just know like, so as a receiver, you know, pre-snap, I'm looking, you know, what what do I see with the secondary or, you know, is there a shift or a slide? You know what I mean? Just all yep. those little things, they become automatic in your last couple exactly. of years. So. It all comes from reps, right? Exactly. It all comes from reps. It's like, it's like getting under a squat bar. You're not going to move it perfect at first, but after your thousandth rep, it's going to become smooth. Absolutely. And um, what does your what did your process look like when you were a player? Like, what were the things that you might have been doing differently or focusing on in and then uh, part B to that question is, as an offensive coordinator now who's going to be heavily involved in recruiting, like what do you want to see in the young athletes' processes? What are you looking for? Um, I think, again, back to the point you were talking about earlier, right now is a perfect time to see how botting guys are. That's, that's kind of the first thing we, we look for. Do you love football or do you just like it? You know, do, do you like posting pictures of yourself on Instagram or do you do, you do this for bigger reasons because you love the sport? Um, you know, we're, it's one of those things as a... Uh, you know, in terms of process, I love that guys are taking control of their own recruiting. I, I buy into the guys who, who send me messages. Hey, coach, here's my film. I love the university. You know, I've done some research on it. Take a look, please. I, I'd appreciate it if you, if you could let me know what you think of my film. Um, you know, those are guys that are taking ownership, and, and that's what I want to see out of out of guys. You know, one of my favorite things to do is when we're on the road recruiting, talking to a player, um, you know, here's here's my card. Give me a call. I'll grab your contact info. I'll let it sit. But I know you're serious if you call me about your recruiting process. Right. If that makes sense. You know, it's it's a guy, that's a guy who wants it. There's some guys who think they want it, but it's all about the flash or what they want to wear the jersey. We call those guys jacket wearers. Yes, sir. Yes, right? we do. <laughs> yeah, you're there for your jacket. You know, and that's fine. You're going to get weeded out at some point of the program, right? You're, you're not going to work hard enough to, to maintain yourself or stay as part of it, but... Um, you know, I want guys that, that love this sport, that love the growth, that love the challenge, that aren't afraid of failure, aren't afraid of hard work. So um, right now we're in an interesting time. I want to, you know, keeping up with some recruits, seeing the guys that are taking their process very seriously and their training and their academics, you know, texting with guys, hey, sorry, coach, I'll give you a call later tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some homework. Beautiful. That's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Take, take your academics as, as your priority. Oh, sorry, coach, I'll shoot you a message later. I'm in the weight room right now. Awesome. You're taking you're taking your process seriously. Um, you know, it's something that sometimes can get overlooked, especially at a young age. Um, but I think with with social media, we're seeing a lot more guys starting to take it seriously and realize what it takes and taking their own recruiting process uh, at hand. You know, taking control of it for sure. And it happens so fast. You uh, you really don't have room to make mistakes, and you want to keep. Um, relationships open in case in the future you're transferring or if there's an issue with the program you were at. So um, to the young athletes listening to this, it's important to definitely find the school you want to go to, but try to keep some keep some relationships open for the future. If you want to get into coaching, um, just mm-hmm. keep those relationships fresh. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. So next thing I have for you, Tommy, what, what were some of your fondest memories um, while you were a player coach at Carleton? Um, definitely... Um you know, what, what I've learned is what, what you remember most isn't, you know, the score of the games. It's 
with the bus rides at times in the locker room, stuff like that. But one memory that always sticks out, and I think will for, for the rest of my life, is um, 2014 Panda game. Uh, won by a Hail Mary. Uh, last second of the game, Jesse Mills up to Nate Bahar. Um, you know, I'm getting excited talking about it now. My heart's starting to beat fast. But it was uh, that was one of those moments that I think was one, a turning point in the program. Um, you know, we had worked so hard. You know, our first year going 0-8. And then, um, you know, that was one of our first big, big wins as a, as a program. Uh, and the, the fashion it finished in um, was was something of absolute excitement. You know, the fans rushing the field after. The field was full of Carlton people just going nuts. I was there. Um, oh, really? I was yeah. one of them, yeah. So, so you felt the energy in that, in that stadium. It was, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Um, I would say that's probably my fondest memory there. You know, the most most of my memories aren't even in game. It was or in practice. It was, uh, you know, in the locker room, cracking jokes, hotels, bus rides, stuff like that. But if there's one that really, really sticks out, I would say it was that 2014 Panda win. Um, For sure. How could it not? How yeah, could it not? It was, it was one of those dream dream story endings. Absolutely. And what what's the most valuable lessons that you've learned as a player uh, now transitioning not only into your coaching role but just throughout life? You're you're in control of your own fate. Um, is one thing that I've learned. There's a lot of people that will tell you yes or no, and um, but your work ethic speaks for itself. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you if you learn to keep your head down and, and just work hard, be honest, be humble, um, be who you really are, you can open up a lot of doors. And it's like what to the point you said earlier. You know, if you want to get into coaching, build relationships with your coaches now. Um, you know, that's a big part of why I'm coaching. You know, Coach Darrell Adams, he's a defensive coordinator, recruiting coordinator at Waterloo. He recruited um, me. Yep. Yep, he's a, he's a huge part of why I'm coaching today. You know, when, after my second year when I had my massive injury, uh, when I tore my ACL and broke my tibia, he he asked me, he said, you know, what do you want to do when you're done? And I told him coaching, and he said, good. He's like, I'm glad to hear that. You've got you've got a natural inkling for it. Um, you know, let, let's work together. Him and I would sit together, and he would I would teach him, and he would teach me. You know, as at the time, I was 19 years old. And, you know, Coach DA is a guy that played in the NFL, played in the CFL, played D1. Um, you know, a lot of experience. So for me, that was one of those things that opened up a lot of, a lot of doorways and made me realize I could. And then he went over to Waterloo, um, which was a great move for him. And he, uh, he invited me out to training camp and that's, that's how I ended up getting a job at, at the University of Waterloo. So it, um, that was one of those things, you know, stayed humble, worked hard, stayed consistent. I uh, just kind of kept my mouth shut and did, did what I, what I could to, to help the program be its best. And it was recognized by somebody and, and because of it, I am where I am. Yeah, so now as we transition into your role as a coach, why don't you just talk a, a little bit about your time at, at Waterloo as the uh, assistant offensive line coach? Yeah, so um, when I first got there, you know, it was I was just going as a guest coach. Um, I was there four days in, and, and thankfully Coach Bertoia offered me a job to come and be the offensive line assistant. Um, so, you know, I dropped everything, and, and I was still living in Ottawa at the time. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't something I planned to do, but you know, it was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So I went over to the, the next day. I, you know, I called, uh, called my landlord, told him I'm out and, um, moved to move to the, back to the area in the GTA. So started there as a program. I'm lucky, you know, coach Bertoia, the head coach of Waterloo is one of the best recruiters, one of the best, one of the best coaches I believe in the country. He's a, a natural born leader. Um, he does a fantastic job with his, with his staff and his players. But, uh, I was lucky to learn a lot surrounded by a lot of very good minds, uh, Coach Bertoy obviously being our offensive coordinator, Coach John Behe being uh, the pass game coordinator, you know, spending multiple years at McMaster during the Van Heer runs. I was lucky to be surrounded by guys who 
who understand the game, um, love the game, care about the game, care about their players, love their players, want to see them grow. Um, you know, and, and to me, it was a it was a great learning point. You know, I I grew from an offensive line assistant. I took over the running backs. I was working with both the running backs and the offensive line in my last year. Um, you know, by my my third year there, uh, my last year there, I was helping with play calling with Coach Bertoia and Coach B. You know, to be given an opportunity like that was massive. Two guys who competed in multiple Yates and Vanniers, and uh, for them to trust me in a, in a situation like that, not only trust me, but but do it because they want to see me grow as a coach. Um, you know, it was a really exciting opportunity, a great point for me to learn. And we were surrounded by talent. We're very lucky. You know, your players are the ones that make things happen. We just call plays, right? We're just calling X's and O's. It's your job to go out and execute it. And we were surrounded by a lot of talent. Um, you know, my three years there, we were top in the nation, uh, top three in the nation every year offensively, top in the OUA every year offensively. So, um, you know, it was a great, great learning point for me. I, it was a great stop. It's a school that I think will always, that I'll always remember and, and have a have a big part of my heart. I really enjoyed my time there, and like I said, working for a guy like uh, Coach Bertoia is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And Tommy, you are a guy that had a lot of other options, um, and you ended up choosing the offensive coordinator job at St. Mary's. So, do you want to just walk us through that process and, and what brought you to that decision? Definitely. So, like, yeah. It's. Um, yeah, like you said, there was a few options on the table, but uh, St. Mary's is definitely one that stuck out to me for a few reasons. Um, you know, one, you know, I'm a big believer in more risk, more reward. So uh, being an Ontario guy, you know, I, have, I hadn't even seen the city of Halifax until I got out there after signing the contract. Um, but all I heard was great things. I think it's a, it's a program that can compete. You know, after watching some film, doing my homework, prepping for, prepping for interviews and that kind of stuff, watching film, putting together, you know, how would I, how would I operate this offense? Um, you know, there's there's a ton of talent at athletes. this university. Yes, big time, big time. Um, a ton of athletes, a ton of guys that are committed and, and work hard, um, work extremely hard and want it. You know, it's a program that uh, prior to last year had been in the Loney Bowl three years in a row, mm-hmm. right? It's, um, you know, Coach Colsey does a great job leading the program, setting the tone, setting the example. The rest of the coaches follow suit and do a great job speaking the same message. So um, it was, it was a, one of those opportunities that um, – I couldn't say no to obviously number one, like you said, you know, being a young OC, being the youngest OC in the country uh, was something of, of excitement that, you know, it's, it's hard to say no to an opportunity like that. But I think the opportunity to come in and compete right away, I believe is, is something that really, really excites me. I think it's, um, it's not something where I'm going to have to see a four year recruiting cycle. You know, it's something where I think, you know, we can, we can compete early. Yeah. My, that's the goal. my money is on SMU now. As soon as you, uh, as soon as you, I know I I'm a, a Gator by by default, but um, and even yep. sa- even Santa Fe I was there for a year, so yep. maybe, maybe I'll keep my mouth shut. But I uh, I definitely think uh, you're going to be able to do some special things with that program. I appreciate it. No problem, I appreciate man. it. Um, but so let's uh, so speaking to some potential recruits, like what is your message that you want them to understand about the process to get not only next level, but like to get recruited? Like, what are you looking for? What are other coaches looking for while recruiting? I think it's uh, you know, it varies program to program, but like I said, number one thing we're looking for is guys guys who love football. I, I don't want guys that just like the sport or think think they like it. I don't want guys that love this sport. Um, and again, not because it's not not the game, but what the game gives you the lessons that you learn, mm-hmm. how to fail and overcome failure, how to succeed, how to celebrate with a team, how to be more than just yourself, how to be selfless. Um, you know, football teaches you a lot of that, how to, how to trust somebody you barely know, right? You come in a day one at training camp, you don't know somebody, but you got to trust that he's going to get his job done because it affects your job. 
Um, you know, it, it teaches you a lot. And I, I want guys that are open to that. Um, I want guys that work hard. I want guys that take control of their own recruiting process. Like I said, guys that reach out, send their own film. Um, you know, and I know I'm not the only one you're sending your film to, but it shows me that you really want this, that you're in control of your own recruiting process. Um, academics, guys who take their academics seriously, you can be the best athlete on the field and that's all good. But if you're not academically eligible, what's the point? Yeah. We've we've all wasted our time. And that's what I'm preaching to all my young athletes, but specifically the, the three or four there that you've been in contact with. Yep is just keep your grades high because a lot of schools will, will take a chance on a guy that can bring depth if they don't have to worry about their their, their school. Exactly. You know, it's, it's so unfortunate when you when you go, you see a great player on the field, a guy who works hard on the field and plays at a high, high level, and you go speak to him and, you know, how, how are your grades? Oh, coach, I'm sitting in the 50s. Oh, coach, I'm sitting in the 60s. You've closed your own doors, right? You know, in, in Canada, for, for scholarships, you got to be around the 80 point. <clears throat> for majority of pro, for majority of divisions, so if if you're not, you've now closed your doors to earn some money to pay for school. Or you know, when I was at for the University of Waterloo, if you don't have a, at least you know high seventy, low eighty, we're not even giving you a sniff. Right. But, um, you know, it's one of the top academic institutions in the country. So you, you need to be a great athlete for sure, but you need to be a better a better uh, student. That's got to be your priority. It has to be. So yeah, I would say that's kind of that's that's what we look for. It's what I like to look for is is guys who, who love the game, guys who aren't afraid to work hard, guys who aren't afraid to fail, um, and understand that that's all part of the process and it's all part of, of learning and growing. Um, but guys who, who take their academics seriously, it's not something that I want to worry about, it's not something that I want you to worry about or your parents to worry about. That when you go away, you move from wherever it is, BC to Halifax, you know, are you going to take care of your business? If you're taking care of your business in high school, I can trust that you're going to take care of it in university. Yeah, and I mean, to take that a little bit further, one of the things I notice with, with, you know, some of the hothead superstars in high school is they're coasting. They have yep. maybe a 70, maybe if they're lucky, a 75 average right now. So they know they're going to get an opportunity. But what I always tell them is, for example, I was a 90 student in high school and I was getting 70s in university while grinding. So yep. if you're an 80 student in high school, you're a 50s, 60s person in university if you're going to give the same effort. Exactly. That's, you that's, don't expect a 10% drop on average. Minimum. And that's what I find yeah. even maybe in more studying and more attention and, and just being attentive to your studying, your grades are going to obviously go down. So, um, yep. I mean, I say again, it, it all comes back to what's your why, right? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you here? What do you want out of this process? Well, that's you know, the big I, key. I ask- yep, exactly. I love asking guys, you know, like, you're in your senior year. Okay, what are your what are your goals academically and athletically in your senior year? And then what are your goals academically and athletically in university? What do you want to see year one, year two, year three, year four, maybe year five if you if you come back for another? What do you want out of that? And if guys say, Oh, I don't know, coach, all right, well, you haven't figured out your why yet. Mm-hmm. You haven't figured out what drives you yet. Absolutely. And with some of the twelve year olds I'm working with or ten, eleven, twelve year olds our initial consult, we talk about that. We say, what's your why? And, and some of them just look at you like so glared. They're like, I don't even know what yeah. my parents brought me to. I'm just kind of here. I'm 10 years old. <laughs> and to those kids, yeah. I say, it's fine. Just start thinking about it. You know, it might take you five years. It might take you 10 years. Um, yep. But just start thinking about it. Um, and it changes, right? It changes all the time. But I love the fact that you're bringing that to, to kids at that age. You know, it's, I, I love coaching, coaching that age group, you know, 12 to 14, 12 to 15, because it's, it's young minds that if you can set a tone for that, you know, that 16 to 18, 19 range where that's huge in your growth as a, as a young man, 
it um, you can set the right tone and the right example, you've opened up a lot of doorways for these young men. Yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree more, and I appreciate it. But uh, let's uh, I want I want just briefly, what are your thoughts on on the AUS? I know you've spent some time obviously out at St. Mary's now, but what are your thoughts heading into your first season and and then to take it one step further, what do you think is going to happen with the U Sports season uh, this uh, September? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited for it for sure. You know, competing in the AUS is something that I'm definitely very excited for. Um, you know, obviously with with five teams in the AUS, we see a lot of you know, same same teams twice a year, sometimes three times a year, maybe even four if we play them in exhibition. Um, you know, so getting to know the opponent is is one of my greatest strengths. So I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing the same team on repeat. You know. Uh, for sure, but it's it's an extremely competitive division. You know, it's um, can sometimes be overlooked by by student athletes, unfortunately. But it's it offers a ton. You know, it it's it depends on you as your personality, your characteristics. But you get a completely different atmosphere uh, out east than you will in Ontario or you will in Quebec. It's smaller smaller areas where you get to know everybody. All you can really focus on is your academics and your athletics, um, which which to me is great. If you're somebody who struggles staying focused. That's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. There's there's less uh, external factors that play into your success when you're around nothing but your goals. So um, I'm definitely excited for the AUS. I think there's, like I said, a ton of opportunities for young athletes to come and compete. Um, it's good football. It's good school. That's that's the greatest part. All the academic institutions out there that compete in the AUS are fantastic programs across the board, academically and and athletically. But academically, you know, is, is something that you know you can talk to any school, and every school out there has their their top programs that are nationally ranked. So um, when you when you give the balance out of two, the AUS is definitely a great place to be. Um, in terms of competition for next year. Uh, I mean, at this point, your guess is as good as mine. I'm hoping we're seeing a, a fall season. Um, but with uh, with everything that's going on right now in the world, I think uh, as important as, as football is, you know, health and, and our families are more important. So, um, you know, we'll see what kind of the next couple months play out. You know, my hope is if we're not able to go in the fall, maybe we're going in the spring or, or something like that. But I'm hoping we see football. We'll say that. I'm hoping we see it. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting, and I'll keep my eye on it, and I'll update uh, the listeners on this podcast as information flies. But, um, Tommy, I just want to get now, what's your take-home message for the young athletes listening at this, the parents at home listening? Um, they've got a young athlete who just wants to get next level, get an opportunity, and accomplish some of the things that, that you and I have been able to accomplish. Number one is, is to take control of your own success, take control of your own path. So, um, like I said, get your grades up. Have your transcripts ready. Be, be, re- be proud and ready to show coaches what you're doing in the classroom. Coaches want to see it, and they're proud to see you have success in the classroom. Um, take control of your own workouts. Smash out those 50 to 100 push-ups before bed. S- smash out your 100 sit-ups before bed. Every single rep matters, right? And, um, you know, if you really, really want this, if you want to take that next step, if you have big goals, um, you know, big goals take big work. So never be afraid to do that work. Embrace it. Embrace the path. Um, embrace embrace the, the process of, of what's to come for you so really really take control like I said that's my favorite thing to see is young guys take control of their own path by reaching out to coaches by putting their own film together by putting their own workouts together taking their academics seriously mm-hmm. um, and that's not only in football you can play multiple sports and do the same um, you know be, be your own best coach hold yourself accountable uh, never be afraid of risk or challenge and, and set your own tone for where you want to be you know don't settle for anything less than what you want 
Absolutely. So Tommy, this was season two, episode four of Athletic Insights. Thank you so much for your time. And once uh, once you do your thing in the AUS and the CFL jobs coming in, keep uh, start coming in. Don't forget me, man. If they need an, yeah, S- an SMC coach it. or whatever, don't forget the little people. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Stay safe, uh, stay healthy, keep working, and I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you too. We're out.